Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party, driven by Mugganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota, Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. I noticed, Jackson, you're kind of bouncing to the beat <laughs> as we start up the show. I often do that. Actually, when you were when you were in uh, a different location, I was doing it a Why lot more. Why does it more. have to be so secretive? I was very transparent with where I was. Right. When you were in Florida, I was doing it a lot more. Like, I would, like fully get into it. And would Ryder look at you uncomfortably? No, he doesn't pay attention to me. Oh, and he just had a look of sadness right when you said that, like he felt like you were hurt. <laughs> well, you, were you know, what are you going to do? Uh, welcome uh, into the program today, Polo Asensio, who is just always happy, yeah. and he's a great guest. He's going to be with us coming up in about uh, 15 minutes, and uh, we will take your text on the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. I'd like some mic drops. I think Stephen Wildwood is leaving them. I imagine he is calling for someone to be terminated after the loss yesterday, so uh, I would like it to be played, and I'm tired of what I feel like has been an anti-American, anti-liberty boycott of the mic drops on Jackson's part to be real straightforward with uh, our audience here so uh, hopefully that uh, we can have that but we have polo coming up at 10:15 it is a friday and that means it is time for what i believe to be the most storied segment in st louis radio history i hope that doesn't come off as a hyperbole it's time for the little piddle six shooter yes it is pew 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 oh i i lost track of pews there Regardless, pew pew, time for the six shooter. Overreaction, short, small, sample size theater. How concerned are you by the Michaelis start and the bullpen performance on day one of the Cardinals season? Something to worry about or just the nature of baseball? Jackson, let me tell you something. That's when you know I'm about to dig deep <laughs> into a take. I know. I, I'm just writing the I'm gonna, I'm going to play sports radio. Uh, I can't do it, though. I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> One game, if Andrew Kisner can get down a bunt, probably win the game. Uh, if Wilson Contreras doesn't get hurt by a fastball, not by being out of shape, probably doesn't happen. Right. You're going up against one of the best lineups in all of the, the world. Uh, I just don't, I can't, I can't, I can't spew venom about it. Right. However... However, now we're talking. If you want to go from the negative side, you would go, okay, this is the guy who is the opening day starter. Now, I think, I think, if we can take his tweets out that irritate about 80% of the people who text in, uh, 
I think we would agree Jack Flaherty's ceiling is higher than Miles Michaelis. Now, whether or not you think Jack Flaherty can hit that ceiling, that is in the eye of the beholder. If we can, again, just judge it by pitching and what somebody right. has done over the last few years. But with that all said, there's your opening day starter. He's having problems at the same time, as Chip Carey pointed out throughout the course of the broadcast with Brad Thompson yesterday. It wasn't like in the Brewer. I, I read the Blue Jays game story on MLB.com, and they were laughing about it. They were laughing about their hits, that they were these little blue backs, excuse me, hits. So it's not like they were necessarily raking, but they did have a hell of a lot of hits. It's a great lineup. It's Miles Michaelis, the open-day starter. He doesn't have great stuff, and he gets worked, and then the bullpen comes in, and uh, whether it be your memories of Game 1 against the Phillies with Helsley, Jordan Hicks having problems, uh, yes, understandably, that would cause concern if this were over like a week's sample size. But it's one game, and it's against a team that truly, I think, could be in the mix for the American League East, which is really saying something considering the strength of that division. And by the way, keep an eye on the Orioles in 2023, Jackson. I'm just telling you what to keep an eye on here. It's America's team. So with all of that said, the other side of it is this, and this is what I thought before, because we, when we were doing the program on Tuesday, I believe we were thinking that the lineup that Ali Marmol went with against, as Jackson calls it, America's team, uh, in Sarasota taking on the Orioles was most likely a prediction of what the opening day lineup was going to look like for the home opener against the Blue Jays. And I looked at that lineup and I thought, man, that's a... Pr-. Now, again, everybody has to, to do what their best years have been. So that we Tyler O'Neill in 21 and Goldschmidt last year. And I think Arenado's best could still be right. yet to come. And Contreras has to be healthy. We weren't even thinking about the possibility of him being out for a while when we were looking at this. And I, and I looked at it like it's like the Cardinals have two different lineups. In other words, oftentimes, even championship teams around here, by championship, I mean postseason teams, not necessarily world championship teams, you'd get past five or six and go, okay, just need to get through this, and then the lineup turns over. When you look at that lineup, and whether it be Gorman at seven or Walker at eight or Edmund at nine, you don't go, oh, okay, crap, they're not going to score for an inning, got to get through. It's got depth to it. Again, all of these guys have to perform, but there is real potential, and you got to see that yesterday. And unlike the Blue Jays, the Cardinals had some hard-hit balls that turned into outs, in addition to having some some power there with O'Neill and with Donovan. And Donovan had another ball that was a rocket that uh, Springer made a great play on. Uh, so with all of that said, if you want to extrapolate from one game, I liked the lineup before I saw what the lineup did, and the lineup did that against Alex Manoa. And I was concerned about the Cardinal rotation before we saw the Cardinal rotations, opening day starter, run into problems, but he ran into problems against a great lineup. The situation overall, yeah, I don't know if anything really changes based on what I saw yesterday minus one potential major thing that doesn't necessarily have to do with strategy or talent, that's Wilson Contreras possibly being out for a period of time. Right. Um, so if Contreras is out, as odd as it might sound, Jackson, I feel like the drop-off from Contreras to Kisner is greater for the Cardinals than any other position player who could go out, which might sound weird, but that's more of a, all due respect, indictment of the backup catching situation, whether it be Kisner or they go a different direction. 
than it is, I mean, because listen, Arnado and Goldschmidt, I'm sure Contreras himself would say are better ball players, especially when you factor in what they can do defensively in addition to their offensive numbers. But you have capable backups there. Right. This, and you have a surplus, hopefully, in, in the outfield, the middle infield. Here, it's a major drop-off. Big time. And so you actually saw it play out in the eighth inning yesterday and in the ninth inning. But in the eighth inning, offensively, after Arenado's uh, double, he's just up there to bunt. <laughs> right. I mean, that's something. You know, Contreras wouldn't have been up there to bunt in that Maybe situation. Try to drive that and, he, and he can't. he can't even get the bunt down. It's a problem. It's a concern. And it's not like the Cardinals' schedule is starting off with a tour around our good friends in the Midwest in the National League Central. It's it's Blue Jays. You got some Braves next week. It's gonna you're gonna be put to the test. So the biggest story yesterday to me is the health of Contreras because that could have a material impact on the team. I know the focal point will be the rotation and bullpen, and I understand that. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be as far as performance goes. I'm encouraged by the lineup, but I'm concerned, and from a bigger picture perspective on how it could impact the team longer term, I'm concerned about the Contreras situation because we got a peek at just how big that drop-off can be for the Cardinals. You know that Kisner didn't rake anyway. Uh, at spring training, what are you, 0.097? Yeah, it was bad. Well, the last game I went to was against Natitude last Tuesday, and he was hitting a buck 11. Uh, so I guess it dropped off, which is honestly, at that point, it's kind of tough to do. It's like being a 25 <laughs> handicap and the number going up. So that's uh, a big concern, and we expect some information on that uh, momentarily here at some point uh, on Friday, as uh, hopefully there is good news regarding Contreras. Jackson, what are your thoughts? I mean, you were down there. You were, you were knee deep in a bottle of booze, is my understanding. A brown bag. <laughs> that is, that is uh, a bit of a uh, overstatement. But uh, I was uh, in the vicinity as a ballpark village, and uh, yeah, so many soft hits. That's tough to be like. Well, uh, now we don't know who our aces. Like, you know, the whole way through, even the game winning run, or maybe it was game tying run was just right over Edmund's head on a little blooper. You know, not much you can do there. That's just well, you kind have of... Bichette with a bunt single down right. the third baseline, except right. it wasn't a bunt, it was a swinging bunt. I mean, it, it just the way that it works. And Springer was laughing about the fact that he yeah. had five hits because yeah. you could make a case for two of them being normal hits. Right. So it's just the way that it works, and that's the thing. Had the Cardinals won, how much time would we have spent on Miles Michaelis? Almost See what none. I'm saying? Yeah. But because they lost, and so that's how I view it over the course of this. So, so really what I do come away from yesterday, the Contreras thing being the, the big long-term possibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thing that comes away for me is, man, that lineup looks good. Again, the guys have to perform, and one of the bigger variables is Tyler O'Neill. So for the fact that he has a strong start to his season, hits a home run, Donovan, the way he was hitting the ball, that's really encouraging. Um, and they were playing a really good team with a damn good offense. It would be one thing if that were the Pirates, and the Pirates put up 10 runs. You go, oh, my God. But you look at the top three right there with Springer, Bichette, and Guerrero, uh, yeah. and then Varsho, I realize he's kind of a guy who flies under the radar. If you're a fantasy baseball guy, you love him because he can play catcher as well as outfield, and he can rake, but he was with the Diamondbacks. I mean, nobody really knows about the guy, but there he is. He's an acquisition, and you see what he was doing yesterday. So that's a pretty damn good team, man, and that's that's uh, they're going to score runs. They're going to score runs against good teams in the American League East, much less the Cardinals when your starter goes and throws 35 pitches in the first inning. I imagine we're probably already late for Polo. Is no, that right? You no, no. We're not uh we're not oh, okay. too bad. All right. We're not too bad. Another thing on I just noticed with you you playing with your zipper, the one in the top half, not the lower. <laughs> no, I just, just, 
I don't know. That's something I do, I guess. Um, I can use that for a promo. <laughs> uh, another thing on Tyler O'Neill, if he can hit and be kind of effective, then you can put him at the two spot, and that would mean Donovan, O'Neill, Goldie, Arenado, Contreras when healthy, and then maybe Jordan Walker. That's a nasty tell- one. Too. It has the potential to be great. That's exciting. Right. The thing is, we've said this about Cardinal lineups over the last few years, and then a couple of guys don't reach even their, their median, much less their ceiling. And then by the time October rolls around, you go, God. Yeah. yeah, these guys are good, theoretically, on paper at the start of the season, but some of them have fallen off. Uh, so, with that all said, I look at that lineup and I, I I feel enthusiasm. I look at that rotation and I experience pessimism. But I felt that way going into yesterday's game. The Contreras thing is the thing that I take a look at and I go, that's a little that's a little rough. What's next? Um, Jordan Walker made his MLB debut yesterday. What did you think of the twenty year old's performance? Um, had uh, some questionable situations in the outfield. Yeah, um, had some opportunity for moments. Theoretically, he delivered with a fielder's choice, beat out right. the uh, ball with that speed. First at bat, got a base hit, right. ripped up the middle. Right up the chute. Yep. So that was, I just, I'm so in on him. Yeah. I really am a fan. Yeah. And uh, I, I, here's, this. it might be being a 1980s, for those of you who grew up in the 1980s, so you're in your 30s or 40s, the way he wears his cap takes me back to like the 1980s and the way guys wore their caps. Huh. It's a, it's an odd thing for me. I don't know who I'm thinking of that did that, but I feel like it's like a 1980s style cap wearing thing, and that takes me back to my sweet spot of Major League Baseball, right. which is uh, which is that style of baseball in that era. And by the way, there were stolen bases galore around Major League Baseball, and there were fast baseball games around yeah. Major League Baseball that yesterday. Sure was. Yeah, that was that's my next question: is what are your thoughts on the new rules for opening day? It, specifically, the pitch clock. Yeah. Because I wound up uh, hitting a three-game parlay, of course, by taking uh, the Braves minus a run and a half against the Nationals. If Patrick Corbin's your opening day starter, that's all you need to know to see. Uh, although I saw plenty of the Nationals in spring training when I was down in Jupiter. Uh, then also the Braves along with the Yankees and the Orioles money line mm. and hit that. Live bet the Cardinals and Blue Jays over when it was 3 nothing in the top of the first inning. That was moved to 11. Hit that without much of a sweat. And, uh, and then I live bet the Cardinals' money line in the bottom of the eighth when they were losing by a run, feeling confident that they would come back, and they did. What I left out on the table was the Blue Jays. I could have I then bet the Blue Jays' money line. They were plus 1,000, and I would have assured myself of profit. Don't like that. Gordon Gecko doesn't make those mistakes. I do. But uh, watching all these different baseball games throughout the course of yesterday, I loved it. It's, it's not necessarily the pace of play. It just... It used to be, it's like, okay, I can flip around to a couple different things and then come back and not miss a pitch, and that's not the way that it is anymore, and I really like that. And There's I think, a rhythm. Yeah, so it's not necessarily about how long the game takes, although it's reducing that, but you're right, the rhythm, yeah. it, 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 it leads to less downtime and opportunity to flip around. I really, am, I, was, I wasn't saying I was against it, I just thought it was like, oh, this is a game that's in trouble, and they're just trying anything they can, but I really am a fan of what they've done. Yeah, and Cardinal game obviously long, but it was a ten nine ball game. I'll take a ten nine ball game that goes three thirty over a you know a shorter game that's one nothing. Right. So uh, you know that's just kind of the nature of it. All right, it's probably time that we should uh, 
All right, so there's still more on the six-shooter. Oh, what we yeah. Get to? We only got through a third of it. We got three bullets down. We got three more to go in the chamber. All right, that's coming up. Paulo Asensio is going to join us on the other side of the break. Always a great guest. Always full of enthusiasm and perspective. We shall get that next with Polo Asensio here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes. Yes. Are you going to do a production thing here? Yeah, again, give me one moment here. Oh, my God. I'm going back to Jupiter. I might, not, I might be at the airport by the time 11 rolls around. I'm so angry right now. I hope this isn't going out over the air. My mic's off, right? My mic's off. I thought when we were coming back, I'll be honest with the audience right now, because candidly, my rage is is leading to uh, to to my heart pounding through my chest. I thought when we were coming back, the great Mike Ryder, executive producer of the program, said he put Polo Asensio's wonderful call of Nolan Arenado's go-ahead double in the bottom of the eighth in the folder for Jackson to play, leading into Polo. And I just let it breathe because I was looking forward to the call. I was watching the game on TV, so I didn't get a chance. And then I didn't hear it. And I looked at Jackson the way my father looked at me with rage. And you looked like you were scared. Well, I have it right here. Oh, okay. Man, I like that. It's great stuff. I really do enjoy that. He's great. It's like a language of romance, Jackson. It is. Yeah. It is. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome to the program. We always enjoy having him on. Cardinal Spanish language broadcaster, Polo Asensio. Polo, good morning. Buenos días. Buenos días. ¿Cómo están? Hey, uh, Tim, uh, Mr. Jackson. I mean, stop messing up, Jack. I mean, I, 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 I can't. I, I, I give him all these compliments before we go on air. And, and like I tell people, when I say something, I mean it. Like, good or bad, if I say something bad, if I come at you, I mean it. And then later I might feel bad. I'm like, you know what? That's what I felt at that moment, just like the calls. You know, whatever I feel, I say, and thankfully for for the last, what, eight seasons now, I've kept it clean pretty much 99.9% of the time. And I'm telling, I'm telling your partner there how much I enjoy you guys, how much I enjoy your calmness, your voice, and him coming in, and the way he does his, his updates, you know, when, when he – and you know what? I did notice a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, when he started sounding different in the, in the updates, yeah, Houston did this, and that, and that. I'm like – that's what sports about now. Like, yeah, yeah, the Rockets lost to the Lakers, and LeBron uh, uh, ended up injuring one of his nails. And yeah, that's sports. And and, and what's the, what's the thing that everybody says there? Uh, what about uh, then the thing at the end that everybody who does the sports uh, segment? Uh, oh, the Saliga heating and cooling? No, it's. Uh, are you no, kidding no. me? Are you kidding me? And that that one, yeah. And you're like, are you kidding me? I'm like, what is this? I didn't know Tanner moved to the to the TMA show. You know, something so. <laughs> So, so bland. I'm like, come on, guys. And then you're like, oh, let's go. I, I know what you were doing, Tim, because you're a professional. Yeah. You were waiting for the call to come in and say, that was the voice of Paula Atencio yesterday, Wesley Molina, opening day. Beautiful call. No, 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 no. 
the Cardinals didn't win, but we win at TMA because Polo is here with Apollo. How are you? And then I go, blah, 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 blah. But no. Thank you for messing it up, bro. <laughs> Got it. It's kind of my thing, Polo, is like messing things up and like doing things later than I should or like, you know. <laughs> God, but I, it gets done. It just might not be like seamless. Yeah, it's on a satellite delay. I have to tell you, this is another moment of honesty of media. I right now feel bad about busting your balls a little bit. I feel like you're actually bothered by it. No, usually I'm fine. when I'm doing it, it's total reindeer no, games. But no, I feel like no, you're upset. No. Not at all, Mike. I feel like Jackson. Yeah, Mike, Mike sees it too. I'm not upset. Polo senses it. Polo's got the sixth sense. I'm not upset at He's all. He's Haley Joel Osment. He's it's got a Friday. It. We got out. Polo on the show. Uh, at the moment, it's a beautiful day. I got nothing to be sad about. Okay, all right. I just now I feel bad about calling no attention to it because I didn't need to call attention to it. <laughs> nah. But look at it. No, no, no but I noticed. Yeah, but I noticed. You, you guys didn't notice because my my mic was off. But when the pause was like after like after five seconds, I started talking. I'm like, come on, Jackson, where's the highlight? Like, you couldn't hear me. You couldn't hear me because I was off. I mean, if you can go back and check what I said. You're going to hear it. I'm like, come on, Jackson, it. where's the highlight? Yeah. And then I'm like, and then I realized that you couldn't hear me. I'm like, okay, I better shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a wonderful call. It was a hell of a moment. And at that moment, I would imagine almost every Cardinal fan thought, that's going to do it. Perfect way to wrap up opening day. Helsley comes in and shuts things down, but it wasn't to be. Uh, so, unfortunately, opening day ends in a loss. I have the positive takeaway of, man, that Cardinal lineup looks really good. And then the questions I had going into the season uh, probably are a little more strong after one game polo, and that is, well, the Cardinal pitching, that certainly is going to be something to keep an eye on this year, albeit while they were going up against one of the best lineups in the game. Your thoughts on yesterday's festivities? I was talking to Benji Molina, my partner in the booth, and I said uh, during the during the post game, I'm like, how many times this season do you think this team is going to score nine runs and lose? Not yeah. that many, yeah. you know. I'm not gonna. Say, I'm not gonna put a number because I don't want to jinx anything. I don't believe in, 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 in jinxes, but not that many. Um, and, and think about this: like somebody was telling me yesterday, yeah, but you know what? Uh, uh, Goldie was too quiet, and, and Nudbar. What happened to Nudbar? And t-? I'm like, dude, not everybody. You want everybody to hit in one game? Okay, we'll do that, right? But then the next game, nobody hits. What happened? No, you need to balance the schedule. You need to balance the the, the lineup. And, and I like it. I like this lineup. I, I, I do like it a lot. And I was talking to uh, our manager, Oliver uh, Marmola, a couple of days ago. And I told him, you know what, Oli? Uh, nothing against anything or any other players that have been here or not before during, on opening day. Uh, but I like this lineup the best out of the last three years, maybe even four. The 2019 lineup was very special. was really good, especially with the bench. But the last couple of years, there was something – Always like, okay, this is a good team. This is a good lineup. But what we have right now, at least right now, what I feel is a really good, really active, really, um, uh, uh, oh, my God, like a fast electric uh, lineup. That's what I see. I see fast. I see power. And yesterday, you know, uh, at the end, we saw Goldie, Nolan, and then Kisner because uh, Wilson came out because of that uh, that ball that, uh, that he missed and hit him in the knee. Um, how much different would have been at that moment if it's Goldie, Nolan, and Contreras instead of Kisner trying to bunt and yep. bunting to the pitcher? Yep. You know? so now teams have to plan for that. They, they don't have to plan to, let's see, okay, it's Goldie, and it's uh, uh, Nolan, and then who is behind them? Oh, it might be O'Neal, might be Pujols, might be Yepes, might be somebody else. 
Now they know those three guys, you need to get ready. And then on top, uh, Brandon Donovan and whoever's hitting second, I believe, <laughs> I already forgot, I think uh, Newtbar was Newtbar there yesterday. was yesterday. Yeah. yeah. yeah but, but as Jackson was so, saying, it could, some days it could be O'Neal. And I mean, the thing that, that stands out to me is it, it sounds awfully cliche, Polo, but I was looking at the lineup because I felt like the lineup that they trotted out against the Orioles earlier in the week in spring training was an indication of what we were going to see on opening day. And I looked at that lineup and I go, man, anybody can beat you. You don't get to like seven in the lineup and go, oh, we're going to have to wait until the top of the order to do any damage. Any, it's like there's a second half of the lineup that can get you with O'Neill, Gorman, Walker, and Edmund. It's really something else to see. I don't recall too many Cardinal lineups that made me think that way. No. Last season, we had the, the situation where Edmund was hitting ninth, and then either Nudbar or Donovan was hitting first. So imagine having two or maybe even three guys that can lead off hitting next to each other. And right. then behind them, yeah. you have Goldie, you have Nolan, you have Wilson. And if O'Neill does what he did yesterday, and I'm not saying he's going to hit 162 home runs, but he can hit you know a lot as we as we know. If that happens, this like Nolan said, this we can out hit or hit with anybody. You can put any lineup, especially this season with the uh, schedule not being unbalanced. Everybody's facing everybody. Mm-hmm. This, that is very important. That is very important. And, and I believe that the pieces that Ali uh, uh, has to manage are, are very. Are the pieces that are perfect right now? We know long season injuries could happen. Guys are going to come up. Guys are going to go down, and perhaps guys will be traded. But uh, right now, the beginning of the season, I, I like this. I, I like this lineup. I like this team. And yesterday, you know, opening day to me, yeah, opening day. That's when the season starts officially. But for Polo Asensio, day two, second game. That's when we get to sit down. We get to actually talk more about baseball and less about wearing a suit and the Clydesdales and everything that is beautiful here in St. Louis. So um, I, I'm not worried at all. I know some people are already worried and asking for, why is this guy here? Why is this guy there? Dude, relax. It's one game. You know, if this is happening in June, July, then I will be worried. Then everybody will be worried. But it was one game. No big deal. Tomorrow will be a different day. Yeah, and, and the thing I really would just want to keep reemphasizing, there's another team there, and this wasn't, you know, whichever team you would want to mock, Marlins, Pirates, whomever. This was a lineup that's one of the best in the game, was last year, and you saw the reasons for it at the top of the order yesterday with the Blue Jays. Um, but something did occur yesterday that could have significant impact on the Cardinals. We don't know, uh, at least as of right now, we don't know what the status is. That Contreras injury, that is a, not only is it a real shame, but that, that can be a concern. And, of course, with who your broadcast part, I'm sure you guys talked about that and the impact that it had. As you already made reference to, Polo, that at bat in the eighth inning is most likely quite a bit different if uh, Contreras is up with Arnado at second base versus Kisner trying to get a bunt down. There's a few players in, in this roster that uh, they need to show who they are this season. Uh, I'm not saying time is running out. I don't make the decisions, and perhaps I, will, I shouldn't even mention this, but there's a few players in this team that they know that this is their make-or-break season. And, and I think Andrew uh, knows that this season, it, it's, it's, it's like important for him. Last season, he had a lot of chance to play, a lot of chance. And did, he did fine, right? He did fine because we knew – who was coming, and we knew that, that Yayu was the man. But right now with Wilson, especially with what happened yesterday, I believe you know he, he will probably be there tomorrow, but it was it was a 103-mile-an-hour fastball that he took to the knee or whatever that sinker or some, you know, some crazy movement that ball had. Um, Kisner is going to have to uh, play less than last season, but his role is going to be more important this season. 
because Wilson is going to be DHing sometimes. Wilson might take uh, a few more days off than Yadi used to do. Again, Wilson is not Yadi, Yadi is not Wilson, and we they are both great, but it's a, it's a different story. Uh, and, and I think Andrew, he he knows, you know, he knows this this season is important for him. Uh, spring training wasn't great for him. I mean, wasn't great for either either for uh, for Tres Barrera, who was the other catcher down there. So that's that's one one question that that I think needs to be answered. Like, who who are we when we're talking about our our second catcher uh, on the team? And the guy pitching on Saturday, I am a big believer of Jack Sardi. I, I love the kid. I, I love what he does. He is electric. But as we know, he got injured, and the injuries just keep lingering. Uh, spring training was spring training, but he didn't have a great spring training. Let's see what he shows tomorrow. Those, to me, those are, those those two guys are very are key to where this this team can go or not. Yeah, I agree with that. Seeing Flaherty go up against that Blue Jays lineup, uh, and also, yeah, Kisner might be put to the test here early on if Contreras is going to miss some time. I wanted to get your perspective from the broadcaster end of a whole new set of circumstances calling a game. I really enjoy, I watched multiple games yesterday, in addition to the Cardinal game, of course, and I noticed, not that I would say that I noticed that it was faster so much as there weren't these lulls in between action with the pitch clock. How did you think it worked out? And then how, for a guy who's calling play-by-play, did you notice a tangible difference from your first game yesterday with the pitch clock and a real game to previous seven seasons without the pitch clock? What do you think? Thankfully, we had a little taste, a little tiny, tiny taste, like a, like a test uh, during spring training because we did one game spring training, and we had a taste of those 15 seconds, the big bases, the 30 seconds uh, mound visits, and, and, and everything moving a little faster. But yesterday, yeah, it, it felt different. You know, once you are inside the big stadium where the crowd is roaring and everybody is, is, is ready to start uh, screaming and cheering or not, uh, it, it felt a little different for me because – there's a lot less time, obviously. There's a, a lot more action. So a lot, a lot less time to interact with the fans or the listeners uh, on the other side of the radio, their phone, their computers, their TV, because it's so fast, right? Boom, 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 boom. And even yesterday, we had, we had 19 runs and like almost 40 hits. And, and, and we had, what, like 12, 13 pitchers. And a lot of those changes were in the middle of the innings, which, you know, gives you two extra minutes. To, to, to get ready for the pitcher and everything. And it was only three hours and 38, 38 minutes, which is a lot of time right now. But last season, that was not, that was not a different thing. It was like, oh, 338, yeah, okay, it's a long game. But remember, we had 19 runs and a lot of pitching changes. Mm-hmm. Do, do I like it as a fan? I think it's, if, if I was a fan just standing and sitting uh, uh, and enjoying the game, I would like it because there's a lot more action. So people now have to actually put their phones away and pay attention to what's going on because when you send a text to your cousin or whatever that is going to take you five minutes, that could be a half an inning. Like if you, if the inning goes one, two, three, that could be a half an inning, five, ten minutes. It's, it's, it's going to take some adjustments, uh, I think, especially for the fans, those that for some reason – you know, get there late or traffic or the parking situation to come in. A lot of people like to come in and go straight to buy a hot dog, a soda, a beer, whatever, and then go sit down. So let's just say if you come in and the game is about to start, by the time you're done with your hot dog and your soda and everything, it could be the second inning. You can, you can miss all the action there's going to be in a nine-inning game in the first inning because you were buying a hot dog and a soda because everything is going so fast. It, it, um, it, it, it's, it's interesting. It, it's different for sure, but 
like everything in life, uh, uh, Tim, we will adjust. We will uh, end up liking it. And maybe, just like you know, they do every year, maybe at the end they will go back to the table and say, you know what, maybe the 15 seconds is too short. Maybe we can do 20 seconds instead of 15 and then 25 seconds in Destin Runner on base. We will see. We will see. Do I like it as a broadcaster? Yes. But at the same time, it gives me a little less time to, let's say, chime in or, or, or talk to Benji when we are on the air. Um, it, it's going to take some adjustment, but at the end, it's baseball, and you know we love baseball. That's what it gets down to. Yesterday, a beautiful day, an incredible lineup, disappointing finish, but there is tomorrow, and it's a day game at Bush Stadium. Jack Flaherty on the mound. Polo Asensio will be on the call. The Cardinals' Spanish-language broadcast. Polo, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Such upbeat, wonderful perspective every single time. Polo Asensio. Thanks so much, man. No, thank you, guys. And listen to us on La Tremenda, 880 AM locally. And there's, there's six stations now around Indiana, the Lake of the Old Starts, all over the place. We're, we're, we're taking over one station at a time. Thank you, guys. <laughs> thank Thanks, you, Paulo. Paulo. There he is, Paulo Asensio, with us here on Balloon Party, driven by Munganas, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. All right, we have the second half of the Little Piddle Six Shooter coming up on the other side of the break. You're welcome to text in anytime, 314-399-9646, Air Comfort Service text line. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson with you. This is Munganas' presentation of Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN driven by Mungan Ask St. Louis Acura. Tim McKernan Action Jackson with you. And it is a Friday tradition and it is the Little Piddle Six Shooter. Polo Asensio with us in the previous segment. If you missed anything, Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's podcast. Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, second half of the Little Piddle's Friday Six Shooter. Absolutely. So we've uh, I've asked three baseball questions on the front half. On the front half of the Little Piddle Six Shooter. Now you're pivoting. We're pivoting. Where are you going? What direction are you going? Little Piddle's pivot here. Very macro questions coming up for the uh, final three. Very macro question. We've had this discussion before, but since the Sacramento Kings clinched a playoff spot... Sweet mother of mercy. They no longer... We're talking Sacramento Kings on this program? Nope. Simply a reference point. Oh, got it. I'll, I'll restart. We've had this discussion before, but since the Sacramento Kings clinched a playoff spot, they no longer hold the streak for longest playoff drought in American pro sports, North American pro sports. We love our friends uh, in Canada. Who do you think is the most tortured fan base in American pro sports? For context, the Jets now have the longest playoffless drought. So I can't include the Missouri Tigers. Nope. Got to be professional. It's uh, a nice question. Thank you. Uh, 314-399-9646. Please text in the right answer. Um, God, I don't think of the Jets that way. I mean, they just kind of perennial doormats. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't think of the Pirates as being tortured. They're doormats. Right. When I think of tortured, I think of you almost have it, but then it's taken away in some horrific manner, usually. I got two that come to mind. So I'm going Guardians? 
No? No. The right city, wrong team for me. Browns? Browns. Okay, Browns are live. I mean, that fan base as a whole until uh, right. Braun in 16. Right. Um, I feel good about my Guardians play. Yeah, I mean, they went to the World Series in 16, but you're right, that not winning. 97, Jose Mesa, Grant Real, the whole thing. Uh, haven't, haven't won it in so damn long. They've had some great teams that couldn't get there. I, th- I think that's a live play. Who's your second one? Buffalo Bills. Nice play. Very nice play. Very strong. Buffalo Very Bills. Very strong. Because we think of them now like their fan base has a ton of fun. They're super passionate. They're a really good team, but... They haven't won a Super Bowl. Well, you lost four in a row. That's the biggest thing. Is you lose now, four only in a row. one of those was, you know, Live. horrific. Right. But they did have the lead in one of those games yeah. as well. I think the second Cowboys won, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, it's a nice play. I feel like we might be leaving out. Let's see what we got. Uh, Leafs. I mean, they're in the playoffs, I think, for the eighth straight year. And they won a series in so damn long. Last might be all of Canadian 67. hockey at the moment. It's been a long run. It's been a long run. Uh, Buffalo Sabres is a nice play. Buffalo, yeah, Buffalo and Cleveland both kind of have this thing going on. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah, I mean the Sabres just in in particular '99 with the the hole, the skate, mm-hmm. the crease. But uh, yeah, now that you mention those uh, two cities, those are the those those. Those are nice plays, but I would have gone with the Guardians. But you think of the Browns, right? And you're right on the on the doormat thing. Like the Pirates are are doormats. The the Kings, the Athletics, these are doormat kind of teams where it you're not necessarily anticipating them I mean, to be good. Th- and that's why I say Missouri. Now I'm a Missouri fan. I mm-hmm. would imagine other colleges, but Missouri doesn't have any championships, or at least not in a long time. You're about to beat the national champions in 1990, except there's a fifth down. You're about to beat the national champions in college basketball in 1995, except Tyus Edney. You're about to beat the national champions in 1997, except the flea kicker. You know, you have a team that just won the Big 12 tournament, except you get beat by Norfolk State. You have Northern Iowa in the NCAA tournament. You just have a million of these things. I don't know, Jackson, if I can say Princeton yet, if you're over it. I prefer you not to. Okay, just PU. I'll we'll just talk best. about Ivy League schools. Yeah. And troubles with them, so yes, that that's that. that if, but if college is not counted, I will go with the Guardians. But I like the Browns and Bills. It's a yeah. nice play. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm going to call an audible on my fifth bullet here. Oh wow! Because I, I, this I, guy's an improv specialist. I don't love the question I had originally for the fifth bullet, but I do love this other question. It's a little bit bigger, but I think it's it really it's a it's high risk because you could go on for a while on this one. Uh oh. The sports media question. We're already, we're already late for a break. Well, this is perfect. This is Balloon Party in a nutshell here. Our discussion about Charles Barkley Monday had me thinking. His statement on 60 Minutes painted it perfectly. We know he speaks his honest opinion, and he doesn't give a damn who likes it or not. No, no agenda, no holding back, pure Chuck. My question is, how did he get to a point where he felt so comfortable to be able to do that? Do you think he has always been that way? If that's the case, why do more people not take a page from his book? If that isn't the case, how did he reach a point to be able to do that without repercussions? Is there anyone else in sports media with that level of impunity? Wow, what a, what a, that's a let's do a two-hour podcast question, <laughs> not a we're late for a break question. <laughs> I will tend to that question on the other side of the break. Did you see the 60-minute segment on him? Uh, not the whole thing, but I've seen clips. Okay, yeah. he actually answers where he got that from. Hmm. So I will deep tease that. Uh, all stuff. right, uh, that's coming up. And then uh, you heard Jackson's question. Uh, your answers. Anybody else come to mind that would be in the Barkley camp? Three one four three nine 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 six four six. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mung and S. St. Louis. Accurate on one hundred and twenty. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred and one ESPN. 
Final segment of Balloon Party for the week. And uh, Jackson with a wonderful question. I mean, a question that we could have done the whole program on. Yeah. I love this kind of topic. Thank I'm you. a macro guy. You know I'm a macro guy. Timmy Macro. Uh, Timmy Macro. <laughs> My God, that was wonderful. Thank you. Uh, and the question was what? Restate the question. Sure. The listeners cycle on. And they cycle off. And they hear my voice and they cycle off. <laughs> right. right. Well, more specifically mine. Um, our discussion about Charles Barkley on Monday had me thinking. His statement Sunday on 60 Minutes painted it perfectly. We know he speaks his honest opinion and doesn't give a damn who likes it or not. No agenda, no holding back, just pure chuck. My question is, how did he get to a point where he felt so comfortable to be able to do that? Do you think that he's always been that way? If that is the case, why do no, more people not take a page from his book? He clearly gets paid very well, is very well liked. If that isn't the case, how would he reach a point to be able to do that without any repercussions? Is there anyone else in sports media with that level of impunity? So many questions. So wonderful. Give me a podcast to discuss. <laughs> uh, but here, here's what I got for you. I watched the 60-minute segment on him this past Sunday, and he said he got that from his grandmother. He was sitting there with his brothers and I believe some cousins and said that his grandmother just operated that way. Now, you ask the question... Uh, how did he get that way, and why don't other people take a page out of the book? Here is what I believe the answer is to that. He doesn't care. If they fired him, he doesn't right. need it. Right. And he was one of the first guys who made enough money when he appeared as a broadcaster that if they fired him, he'd be like, okay, right. what does it matter? Right. I don't really care. Right. And with not caring about the repercussions comes our friend honesty right and so that's the answer now you sit there and you go well then there's plenty of athletes over the last however many decades now at this point where you go well they've all made enough money that they i think some of them worry about alienating or quote unquote critiquing slash judging people they played with right um, obviously with his thing with Kevin Durant, he doesn't. And so that is the way that he operates. Um, I just, I think I, I, you talk about him being well-liked. I think he is, but I also think he's also disliked, but the key is he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that makes it so great. He also has a sense of humor about it. He's self-deprecating. The other thing that I think is important, if you're going to fire shots, you have to be willing to take shots. And he might be the best. Exactly. Yeah. So that works. Plus, he's got a crew around him who brings out the best in him. Absolutely. So you have that yeah. with Ernie Johnson, Shaq, right. Kenny, and then on the weekends on the NCAA tournament, you know, he's got a good thing going with Jay Wright and Clark, Clark Kellogg, Kellogg when he's yeah. not defending the officials' terrible calls against Creighton. Jackson. It's a good call. Sore spot. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think that's the key. I agree. I'm, I actually am surprised that more don't do it, but at the same time, there also is a talent to it. Right. For example, using somebody who to me is kind of the headline from yesterday. Who's the headline from yesterday? Who is the head? Even though he didn't even play, so I've given you a big who everybody's talking about. If he's trending from yesterday's Adam opening. Wainwright. Exactly. Yes. Adam Wainwright could play that game. Yeah. Now Adam Wainwright would not play that game. Because Adam Wainwright, that's not necessarily his makeup to, like, crap on people. Sure. You know, it's just not who he is. But 
but he's got the quick wit and mm-hmm. he's got the credibility to do it. And yep. that's the key, the quick wit and the ability to convey a thought. Like any time Wainwright's on with, with Randy Carey and Brooke and, and Rockio, I mean, it's, you got to listen to yeah. it. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, you know, I'm on at the same time, you're on the same time, but it's a go back and podcast thing. It's so good. And by the way, Wainwright was doing that stuff before he had the big contracts. Mm-hmm. Usually uh, that doesn't happen like Kachuk used to come on, Walter used to come on, hat trick by the way last night for uh, Matthew Kachuk, uh, used to come on TMA and he would just kind of say whatever. But, it was, you know, at that point he was already trending towards hanging out at OB Clark's, you know, on the regular <laughs> and didn't really care, you know. So usually, you know, Jordan Walker, let's say he's around St. Louis in 15 years and he very well may be, for sure. is going to answer questions differently at 35 than he is at 20. Point being, once you have that equity, once you have that that net worth, you can play the game differently. But Barkley is one of the few who's done it. Why he gets away with it, I really don't know. I really don't know. But I recall growing up, I feel like there were three people, Stern, Barkley, and then there was another one. I'm talking like 20 years ago. Because I was thinking about this with Barkley. God, I wonder who the third was. I used to think about this when I was driving to work and I was listening to Stern. Um and going, God, how do they how do they get this? Now this is pre Twitter too, sure. where you can get taken out for an accident. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that I'm going, man. Why? I wonder how they got to this point where, but they kind of don't care. And in both Stern's case and Barkley's case, they had so much money. It's like, okay, fire me. And if anything, you make me stronger by trying to take me out. Right. Uh, Pearl Jam in uh, Rearview Mirror, Jackson. I gather speed from you, and then he uses the F word, F this, F that. I gather speed from you effing with me, Eddie Vedder, rearview mirror. So some people are actually fueled by the attempt to take them out. Right. So Barkley is uh, in another world, and it's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing to tune in and have no idea what somebody's going to say, but you feel like you're being told the truth, and I think people appreciate that. Time for us to shut it down. BK and Ferrari are coming up. What a wonderful question. Nicely done, sir. Tip of the cap. Uh, For Action Jackson, I'm Tim McCartan. Have a wonderful weekend. This has been Balloon Party, driven by Monganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.